Welcome to The Chase. is a white arc podcast aimed at specifically giving you an insight into what makes great leaders and entrepreneurs in a variety of organizations tick. We call them chiefs. My name is James Chifatelli and together with my white arc co-chief, Joe Hands, we're going to attempt to take you on a journey and talk to as many chiefs across as many industries as we can to give you an insight into A, what makes them tick and B, what makes their enterprises thrive and more importantly, what they've learned along the way. The Chiefs. Today, it is my absolute pleasure to welcome a very, very special guest, Andy Friedman, to The Chiefs. Welcome, Andy. Hi, James. Thanks so much for having me. It is absolutely my pleasure to have Andy. She's someone who I consider a friend, but also someone who's got such an amazing story that we're about to explore through this episode of The Chiefs. So just by way of a context. I'm not going to spoil Andy's story because we're going to sort of bring that out. Both personally and professionally, she has got an incredible story. At the moment, she's a Victorian practice lead for an organization called SHK. She's got so many years experience in recruitment, executive search, executive coaching. She's run her own business, established her own startup and run that successfully and sold that off. And she's done everything from executive management to corporate sales to coaching, running a HR practice. My, my question is, is there anything, Andy, that you haven't done? But I'll ask you that question throughout the Chiefs. She's a graduate from Monash University, not once, but twice. From Swinburne University, not once, but twice. On multiple occasions of both in marketing, in business, in coaching, in neuroscience. I'm exhausted. Andy, you are amazing. Welcome to the Chiefs. Thank you so much, James. So I always open up with the same question, Andy, and I'm going to ask you, what's your story? My story, well, as you've just explained, I've a few different paths and I always make sure that I put my head up to make sure that I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm being true to myself. And currently from a career perspective, I work in the world of career management, I'm an outplacement consultant, career transition coach and exec coach. In my role at SHK, I partner with organisations who are undergoing structural change to help in the planning of that change. And I also support employees or individuals who are wanting to embark on coaching and growth. And on the outplacement and career transition side, I also have the pleasure of coaching employees whose roles have been impacted as a result of restructure. And it's a great pleasure of doing that. As you said before, I actually started my career as a graduate at HP. Very quickly, somehow moved into the world of um, enterprise sales and BD, acting as the interface and ambassador of HP into really large organisations, pulling together solutions for hardware, software, consulting, storage, etc. And at the time that I was at HP, I made a new set of friends and. I became really close to them and they were just super magnetic people. They were smart, they were dynamic, they were successful, they were super fun and they all happened to be working in recruitment and so I decided that I wanted a piece of that magic and I joined them in recruitment which really combined my sales skills but also gave me the opportunity to work with individuals to help them secure new roles and um, so I was in recruitment, moved into exec search and I stayed there for around 15 years And then I reached a point where I realised that I wasn't satisfied working in search anymore. I found that the majority of my role was rejection, 
Yes, I've built fantastic <laughs> client relationships, but I wasn't able to support the people I worked with in the way that I wanted to. You know, I wanted to help them to achieve career success and maximise their career potential. And I just wasn't in a position to do that. So I took myself off and studied neuroscience and studied exec coaching and started my own small business. I saw my husband doing it and I thought, that doesn't look too hard. I'm going to start my own business. And um, it was fun for a while, but I working by myself, even though I, you know, interacted with individuals daily, I wasn't fulfilled. I felt quite isolated and I really wanted to be part of a thriving organisation and get the energy from other people and work towards common goals. And after a few coffees, discovered the world of outplacement and career transition and realised that that would be the perfect marriage of my exec coaching passion, my sales side, but also it would really leverage my job market knowledge. And so that's where I am now, you know, working in outplacement and career transition and coaching Absolutely found my place, found my passion, loving it, stretches me every day and challenges me every day. And, and you know what, Andy, for someone who I met Andy through the fact that she coached me and still does to this day. So someone who I rate really, really highly. And one of the reasons why the Chiefs exists, why Dark exists, you know, I really should give uh, plaudits and thanks to Andy because quite sincerely, Andy was quite inspirational, quite challenging. Use some words throughout there to describe some others who inspired you, super magnetic, successful, fun, authentic. And, you know, I actually thought you were describing yourself and I know you weren't, right, because that's Andy. So uh, what's really interesting, Andy, you've had such experience and so you're such a generous human being. And for those listeners who are thinking Andy's like 95 years of age with all that experience, she's not. She's 23. But anyway, that's a story for another day. Tell us a little bit. This is not all serious on the Chiefs, Andy. Tell us a little bit about what you love, because the passion comes out, what do you love most about the work that you do? I I truly love the people that I meet. I have the opportunity to meet the most extraordinary, incredible people like you, and I have the ability to build these trusted partnerships. And I, you know, it's a privilege and an honour to be invited into the lives of the people that I work with. And often it's at quite a challenging and vulnerable time. You know, when you're putting yourself out there, whether that be for growth in exec coaching or whether that be because your role's been impacted and you have to go back out on the job market and, and understand what it is that you want to do and what you're good at and what you value and what's next for you, it, it's a tough time because change is challenging. And, you know, when you're out there selling yourself, which make no mistake, that's what being on the job market is. It's, it's you know, presenting yourself as the best person for the role. You know, it, it takes a lot of confidence. And I just really love seeing the growth and seeing the confidence in the people that I work with, you know, seeing them gain greater self-awareness and clarity and skills and confidence. And they really just pick up their, their courage and I just love seeing them make positive change and I get the privilege of being involved in that journey. Um, so that, that's that's what I love most about what I do. It's so beautifully put because uh, having experienced it firsthand, you are so authentic in the way that you you really sort of generously share that because uh, I've experienced it firsthand and it's so true. In the last, I mean, it's been an unusual 18 months to say the least for the world. Uh, and in your industry, you must have seen executives and individuals go through changes, not only in terms of having to sort of migrate to work from home and what have you, sometimes losing their jobs. How have you helped people or what have you seen shift 
in this last 18 months? And what sort of advice would you give to executives who maybe, you know, in the last 18 months have been displaced and the world's a little bit different? Is there any advice that you would give in this current situation that we find ourselves in? Very interesting, actually. There was so, there's so much I could talk about, but there's actually been a lot of movement. So this year, actually, all of a sudden, we've moved to a talent short market and organisations are scrambling to revise their EVP and retain and engage their talent. And I think one of the reasons for that is because over this COVID pandemic, people have had the opportunity to stop and reflect and reset and really think about what's important to them and, you know, really look at their values. And they've made some changes as a result of that. You know, this period has been extremely unsettling because we're dealing with constant uncertainty. And I think, you know, the big theme that's come out of COVID is the importance of wellbeing and all organisations now are shifting to really support their their staff in in that area of, of wellbeing. But I think, you know, the key thing is that whole confidence and people just really needing to be clear on what they can achieve and what's important to them And I've just been really supporting, there's been an increased emphasis on supporting them in wellbeing, but also mindset. You know, when you're going through extremely uncertain periods, you've just got to manage your confidence and your mindset and just focus on the positive. Because there's a lot to be grateful for, especially for us in Australia. And that gratitude and and that focus on positivity is absolutely critical. You know, I'm a believer that we manifest our thoughts. I love that focus on being grateful because we really still have, I mean, we've got so much to be grateful for. A couple of weeks ago on the show, Andy, we had uh, Maria Roberto. She's a behavioural psychologist and she was actually talking about a little bit like you, people's well-being and their, their need for positivity, but also their need for connection. This high, I'd love your perspective. So we've had a lot of feedback around what could organisations be doing right now because, I mean, we did a really good job as a, you know, as corporate Australia or corporate world, if you like, of pivoting and getting everyone safe and well from home. But now we kind of find ourselves in this middle ground. And she was talking a lot about the fact that part of people's well-being is feeling connected more than just a Zoom call or more than just a telephone call. Have you got any insights from your experience of what you're seeing great organisations do? I think the thing is that nobody's got it right at the moment. And I think organisations did a terrific job at as you said, pivoting and and enabling and supporting people to work from home. And now we've got this situation where we're in this, well, you know, hopefully this hybrid structure where we, and I think it's all about choice. So it's where we want to be in a position where we've got the choice to go into the office when it serves us and when we need to do so for collaboration and connection and, and from a cultural perspective, but also then choose when it's, serves us and it's appropriate to work at home. I think it's a very challenging time for all chief people officers and CEOs because I think that there is immense isolation out there and a real lack of connection and it's not through anyone's, you know, fault or what have you. I just think it's a really challenging time. So how do we make this transition of people coming back into the office because I actually think whilst it feels like a struggle for us, you know, working from home is so convenient, I think we really need to get people back into the office, even if it's one or two days a week, because the benefit that we're receiving, you know, human beings, we're, we're social people and we thrive when we are around others, even if we are more introverted. 
And I think we do need to be back in the office a couple of days a week just to get that human connection, that spontaneous interaction, which is, you know, learning through osmosis that we do when we're listening to people on the phone, when we're, you know, hearing about what they do. I, I think, you know, I don't know what the magic formula is, but I know it's a combination of hybrid. I think, you know, working from home is fantastic. The flexibility, I mean, as working mums, you know, and I'm sure working dads are the same, you know, we've all been craving this opportunity to have more flexibility in organisations from a leadership perspective haven't been able to work it out. You know, how do we measure performance success when we can't see our people? I think we've worked that out now that, you know, we are able to deliver above and beyond working from home. In fact, I think that it's actually shifted where people are burnt out at the moment because there are these blurred lines and people are working just extraordinarily, extraordinary amounts more than we ever did. But, yeah, I think that combo of that hybrid is really important. How can organisations support their people more by really pushing those wellness programs that they've, they've become, you know, that they've, they've introduced to their organisations, really checking on, you know, people's psychological health and wellbeing? And I think the onus is on leaders to make it their priority, to check in with their people, to genuinely see how they are. You generally get a feel, which is very hard to do. It's very hard to gauge engagement and well-being when when you, when, you know, when we're not physically there. And I think it's just really, really important to to make sure that that's happening regularly. It's funny the way, you, and you describe it so accurately. I think the the CPO and the CEO roles have really got a challenging job right now. I couldn't agree with you more. But on the flip side, I really liked your analogy. If you're kind of designing the perfect work-life balance you probably design the world that we're in now this hybrid world but because we haven't got experience with it we're just going to have to toil to to get it right I, th- I really uh i like that analogy and i think the onus will be on leaders like yourself and and myself to really sort of share what's working so that we can quickly accelerate those learnings to make this hybrid world a better world for everybody because there, there is the benefit i i'm like you i miss going to the office because i miss the interaction with people don't get me wrong i actually love the opportunity of reconnecting with my wife and with my kids and, and what have you but it, you know th- th- there's also that middle ground that you you've got to have professionally i think it's a, a really really good point there are so many attributes and you're really well positioned i think to respond to this one there's so many attributes that make up a great leader is there a typically common theme that you know you say okay th- th- this is the common thread between great leaders and if someone you know who's listening to this or was trying to get their executive leaders to be better leaders what advice would you give? What themes would you give? Well, firstly, I've always believed that you can lead from any chair. So you don't necessarily need to be a people leader to be a leader. But when we specifically talk about people leadership, well, some of the best leaders I've met have been extremely charismatic people and magnetic and you've been naturally drawn to them. But I think leaders need a very compelling vision. They need a clear strategy. And they need to make sure that everyone understands their purpose and the contribution that their role makes towards achieving the collective goals. The purpose is really important in articulating that purpose. I think great leaders have a genuine care for people and they make sure they invest in their people. They make it their business to understand their needs and to adapt their style accordingly. They know they need to be accessible, available, and, you know, deep listeners, I think I think that's really important. And as we've learned through COVID, you need to start from a position of trust and assume positive intent 
I think it's really important to understand the career goals of your people and to make sure that you're, you know, you're supporting them and challenging them and stretching them and developing them so that they're you're building those skills so that they can achieve their goals as well. What else? I think I think feedback and building a feedback culture is really important. Um, you're giving, giving feedback, you know, positive and, and critical feedback so that people can learn and develop. But likewise, it has to be a two-way street, you know. Like I always want feedback, you know, what can I be doing better and differently to, to support people? And I think, you know, the best leaders create fun. You know, you've got to have fun at work. I think that's completely underrated. And I think you've got to celebrate success and acknowledge the hard work that people, you know, invest and put in. And something else I've learned is that you want to create a really honest relationship where, you know, you're vulnerable and your people can be vulnerable. And, you know, when a mistake happens, and gosh, they do all the time, you want, you want to know about it early and you want, you want to be approachable and you want them to let you know about it as quickly as possible so that you can fix it so that everyone can learn from that experience. You know what, so many things to take away and, uh, I mean, in terms of learning and honesty and vulnerability and and trust and feedback, but I actually loved your opening line around, I loved it all, but you can lead from any chair. Such a power, and especially in a world now where we kind of got everybody leading from every chair in a sense because people are working from home, they're working from the office, all the rest of it. Never has leadership been a more a part of every one of our roles. So I think that's a, a really super insightful. Well, if you think about your customer touch points and creating creating an exceptional customer experience, it's people that pick up the phones, people that greet people, you know, anyone that interacts with your customers, they're a leader of your business. They're your ambassador. And, you know, I think everyone needs to, you know, be really clear on the organisational values and behaviours and, and be able to demonstrate those. You know, it's funny, I was talking a couple of weeks ago to Martin Herbst from uh, Job Adder. He's the CEO of Job Adder at, at, at a global organisation out of Sydney. And he was seen to, talking about the fact that his role had shifted and the most important people in his organisation, he'd realised, were anyone talking to customers that, you know, these guys here were, and he needed to free them up to be able to make calls and that they were leaders. So ne- never a true word uh, said, Andy. I think that's absolutely fantastic. Now, this is a, a slight change of pace, but I want you to be, retrospective, if you had to give a young Andy, and you are very young, but if you had to give a young Andy, just, you know, just graduated, got the role at HP and, you know, accelerated, what what advice would you give to a young Andy starting out? What advice would I give my younger self? I think never be a passenger in your career. To always make sure you're in the driver's seat. It's your responsibility and no one else's. So every 18 months or so, you know, have a, do a career check. You know, pop your head up and ask yourself if you're enjoying your role, if it's fulfilling you, if you're learning, you know, if you're being true to your values and ask yourself if your job's serving you. I think that's that's really important to, to always be in the driver's seat of your career. I think networking is critical. And I say it to people, I would have said it to you, James, we get so busy in the doing of our jobs and our daily lives, you know, our personal lives, work lives, that we, I just don't think we prioritise networking enough. So have an external focus as well as an internal focus. Build your professional network, continue to build it and nurture it and be there, be available to support others and they will be there and be available to support you. Um, 
I think that the other really important thing to do is to cultivate self-compassion and to never, ever entertain negativity. I think it's really important. And, you know, with the people that I work with, I often ask them, you know, would you talk to your loved one as you as you talk to yourself? And the answer is absolutely no. So self-compassion, positive mindset, just always maintain a positive mindset, never entertain negativity. And I think as you become more senior and more experienced, you know, our roles become more and more demanding. And I think it's absolutely critical to prioritise wellbeing and make sure that you are looking after yourself because if you reach burnout, you know, you're not good for anyone. Um, so it's so important to make sure that you are, whilst delivering your role and doing it exceptionally well, that you're making time and space for your own personal well-being. So many good insights there. It's funny, I, I remember when we first started and you were coaching Mandy, you know, I thought, geez, I'm a good networker. You gave me that uh, advice around networking. And what I realised, my epiphany was that I probably was self-sabotaging for many years but because I wasn't really networking with purpose and not with the purpose of selling something or, but yeah, with, with being in the moment, personal value creation almost. And can I tell you, it was like a magic moment for me in that coaching experience with you. And I think that whole networking with purpose is so, so critical. So Thank you for sharing. It's interesting because you, I mean, you're a giver, James, and you've always made yourself available to others and adding value to others. And, you know, one of the lessons in networking is that people want to help you as well. Yeah. So when you need help, when you need advice, ask for help. People want to, people love being asked for help. They love supporting people that they care about and people that are of value to them. So, that's the beauty of networking. You're there to serve others and support others and they're there to support you as well. And like you said, it's okay to ask for help because I remember going, I can't reach out to those people. And, you know, what would I honestly reach out and say? And you say, well, just be honest and tell them how you're feeling. Talk to them, you know, connect personally. And I remember going, yeah, I'm not going to do that. And in the minute I actually leaned in and got uncomfortable and actually did that, it's when all the magic happened because I realised that the world is really generous. It wasn't just me who had to, it was a two-way street, so... Well, yeah, I, th- I don't know if I've ever thanked you for that, but I'll, I'll say thank you now. Now, I promised Andy that I only go about 20 minutes and we've been going half an hour and I could talk to Andy forever. So a couple more questions, Andy, if I may. So if you weren't doing this amazing role that you're doing now, what would you be doing? And you can't say you'd be a cheer squad leader for the Richmond Football Club because that's been taken. But you know, what, would you be doing? <laughs> what would be Andy's dream if you if you weren't doing all the amazing things that you're doing now? My happy place is when I'm on a yoga mat and when I'm on a meditation retreat. Like I just love um, yoga and I love meditation, so I think that I would be a meditation and yoga teacher. How's that one for you, James? Can I tell you, I love it. I'm going to put you in contact with Maria Roberta. Maria Roberta, who's a, a clinical psychologist, is trying to get off the ground a retreat for executives where they, you know, they're not allowed to bring any of their tools in it, but for a week they've got to go and actually be in their moment. And uh, Sign me up. Sign me up. No, I'm actually going to sign you up to actually help her drive, but I actually think the two of you would be uh, amazing together. That's amazing, okay, yeah, on a yoga mat. Now, I mean, this goes without saying, but are you happy with your career and is there anything you would have changed? Honestly, I don't believe in regrets. I think we all end up where we're meant to be. And I think, no, I don't have any regrets. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have changed anything. I think 
it is important to reflect and learn and, you know, adapt with those new learnings, but no, no regrets. Love what I do, love the people I work with, love the people that I have the pleasure of supporting. I've got one last question for you and it's a one-word answer. It is, <laughs> Only one word. <laughs> Andy, if you had to use one word to describe Andy Friedman, what would that word be? Curious. Can I elaborate as to why? <laughs> you can tell us why. Why don't you go and tell us why? Because curious, George, curious Andy. Don't you dare coin that. I think I have to be really curious in the work that I do. You know, I've got to ask the powerful questions and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's self-discovery and learning and, you know, curiosity is really important in the work that I do, but also I'm someone who I just I need to learn. I've got a thirst for learning. I'm always studying something. I'm always doing a course. And I just think, um, you know, just to have that growth mindset and just to be curious and ask questions and explore, that's, yeah, I think for me to be curious. Well, Andy, I think curious is a beautiful word to sincerely describe a beautiful person. And for all of our uh, listeners in whatever domain you're listening from, if you want to be in touch or get in touch with Andy, please feel free to reach out. Otherwise, uh, you can look her up, Andy Friedman, on LinkedIn. Any any uh, information around career transition coaching, executive coaching, uh, you know, building that employee value proposition for organisations, facilitation one of the greatest speakers i know is is ending thank you so much you are an absolute superstar and thank you for being on the chiefs thanks so much james it's been a pleasure